perhaps there's a situation where we have to be very careful on some here's the situations where you give money here's the situations you don't here's what it's authorized for sometimes it can get rather complex if the clients have very specific wishes and we don't have any one capable of carrying it out use the professional do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you if you don't know the answer or don't like the answer then this is the show for you Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George alongside Nick Rosenbauer, as always, estate planning attorney and the owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. And today we're talking about when do you use a professional trustee or an executor to handle your estate plan? And, and Nick, this is one that's totally off my radar. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning something today on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something I can't say it comes up all the time, but it's something that comes up enough. And I have enough families that are in a situation where this might be an option to where I think it's a good idea. Uh, to talk about. And and Ben, let's be honest, not every family has a perfect person that they trust and that is competent and old enough and checks all the boxes um, Mm -hmm. to manage this. And, you know, a a lot of what we talk about on here, obviously, is how to put your plan in place to state your wishes and, and basically write the playbook of how everything is handled after you're gone. Uh, but one of the things we haven't talked about a whole heck of a lot is who actually is in charge of executing the plan once you're gone. And that's that's pretty much what we're what we're going to be focusing on today. Looking forward to it. That will be our goal for the podcast. You can find it online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. We put all every episode up there on the website, but also Nick puts a ton of other resources out there for you to use. If you are just getting into estate planning, haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, there's some great guides to kind of get the ball rolling, give you some things to think about before you actually go and meet with an estate planning attorney and lay out everything. And again, as always, you know, it's something you want to have on your list to do and knock out as soon as possible if you can. Um, It's always good to get these things in order, but we want to help you kind of learn the process and some different scenarios along the way. So that's what we're doing today. So I guess like the first question I have before we even get into like the the nuts and bolts of this is like, what is, what is the alternative to not using a professional here? What, what is, what else is happening that you would not use a professional? Okay. So it, it basically boils down to two options with one question. So getting back to what I what I just alluded to a second ago, you set up your plan, hopefully, and you set it up right, hopefully, and, and everything is, is put together. So we've written the playbook, okay? But when you're gone, someone has to be the quarterback, if you will, because you won't be around anymore. So someone has to follow your instructions and play center field or play quarterback or whatever analogy you'd like to use. And that can be a person, um, an individual, maybe your spouse or family member, child, um, something like that. Or it can be an institution. Okay, so these financial institutions, typically large banks, um, brokerage house investment firms, let me see, U.S. Bank, Chase, uh, Fifth Third Bank, Bank of America, Fidelity, 
Charles Schwab, you name it, Edward Jones, Merrill Lynch, um, they all have a professional trust department, if you will. And so the way that works, um, obviously, if you choose a human being, let's say my father names me as the trustee or the executor, depending on if we use a a will um, through probate or we use a trust uh, to pass on my dad's inheritance, my father could name me as the backup trustee or executor, and then it falls on me. It is my job to carry out his wishes, sell the house, claim all the life insurance, and then in my case, I'm one of three, so let's just say divide the inheritance three ways and then pass it out, if you will. Um, But let's say my dad does not choose to use me or doesn't choose to use any human. Then he could name one of these banks, one of these financial institutions, Let's just, who's, who's a popular one? Let's just pick Fidelity. I know there, there's a big Fidelity uh, headquarters uh, office here in, in northern Kentucky, uh, just a little south of here. So he could choose Fidelity to serve as his executor or his trustee um, instead of a human like myself. And what will happen is Fidelity will take over once he passes away and when it's time to pass on the inheritance plan. Now, it's not necessarily all people from Fidelity. Um, This gets passed around to 100 different people. What will most likely happen is they have a department of people who are trust officers, if that makes sense. And this person is probably a genius, probably an attorney, um, has investment knowledge, tax knowledge, legal knowledge, And all they do, so you'll get a specific trust officer who is assigned to your family. So if they choose, if my dad chooses Fidelity, then when he dies, Fidelity gets notified by the family. And then a certain trust officer within Fidelity will be assigned to the Tom Rosenbauer estate plan. Um, And then they will be in charge of doing what I would have done if my dad named me. Uh, as the trustee or executor. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm assuming they provide like provide pretty much all the services you need when you're using a professional trustee. Exactly. They they need to be able to handle everything because someone has to do it. And obviously, this is something. Let's again using myself in the third person. If someone named me as the trustee, I would have to handle all of this or hire someone to do it. Um, but they pretty much handle everything in-house. So they'll handle the legal side of it, um, the estate administration or the probate side of it. Also, they will handle investing the assets between the day my father dies and the day the money is passed on, which it needs to be done. They'll manage the money from a banking standpoint. Um, They'll usually handle the taxes as well. As the person passes away, they'll have one final tax return. Um, for whatever uh, their last year of life was. And, you know, maybe if stocks are sold, there's capital gains or things like that. And one of the good things about that is it's all encompassing. Okay. They take on the full responsibility because they're in charge. I'm not. And these institutions, it's kind of a cover your butt type scenario, which ends up working out good for the family. So they'll handle everything. Um, Now, they'll obviously talk to the family and communicate with them. But Fidelity or or whomever you name, they obviously have um, estate planning and probate experts. They have investment experts, banking experts. They have tax attorneys on staff. 
So they handle everything for the family. It's 100% done for you. It's rather turnkey. So that's one of the benefits of doing it because it's a responsibility and they have to take it seriously. What is this, what does something like this cost? I mean, what what is the what are the fees associated with with going this direction? Great question. Um, they all have a a fee schedule, uh, if you will, and it's usually based on the value uh, of the estate, on the amount of assets. Okay, so it's a percentage of the estate value, um, and usually, not always, but usually, it's annual. So just for round numbers, let's say 1% of the value of the estate per year. So if it's a very simple estate, everyone is old enough and competent, and there's no holdback provisions, and they can handle everything in a year, they'll do that. If there's a situation where it's a long-term inheritance plan, so we're doling out this money over a number of years, obviously they'll charge the fee continuously because... You know, it takes them 10 years to get the job done. Usually, now, always make sure you talk to the institution um, and understand their costs and their fee schedule. It's usually very similar, um, ironically enough, to what financial advisors or investment professionals charge. But you get three or four extra services included. So people will get the price tag, and sometimes their eyes bug out. But then I look at them and say, you know, that's the same fee that you're paying right now just for the investment advice. Yeah. And you're getting these three other things. So interestingly enough, it's actually a heck of a deal. There are some random surcharges that I've seen come up once in a while, um, like a one-off fee if we have to deal with real estate or sell a house. Like they'll charge extra to have someone go out and clean out and sell the house, um, which is different than if they just manage all the cash. So make sure you understand it. Um, but roughly, it's, it's usually very similar to what they charge to manage investments. So it's basically a good deal. Um, you get about two or three extra services um, on top of it for the same price that you would pay just to manage the assets. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Definitely. If somebody's considering this, thinking about if this is the direction where they, what, that they want to go or not, what are some of the reasons why t- people typically decide to use a professional trustee? And well, the, the, Ben, the first one that probably jumps right out at you is if you don't have anyone that comes to mind that you trust to do the job, to pass on your inheritance after you pass away. And I understand it's very cheesy, and, but, but the good thing now is, is with me being a parent, this turns into a dad joke and it's acceptable instead of me just being cheesy. But, <laughs> you know, you have to trust your trustee. Okay, three years ago, you would have rolled your eyes um, when I said that. But now, because it's a dad joke, you have to uh, you have to laugh, and it's okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so if you don't have anyone you trust to do the job, um, let's say you let's say the kids are too young or they're not trustworthy, and you don't have someone else, someone has to do this. And if we don't have a good person to name, that's a good backup. Sometimes we may have people we trust, but they don't want to burden anyone with the job. So let's say we have a situation where the kids are of age, they're adults, they're spread out across the country, they have families of their own. And, you know, a client looks at me and says, Nick, I just, I don't want anyone to have to deal with this. What can we do? Um, You can have a professional handle it, which you pay for it, obviously, but it doesn't put any burden on the family, the people you care about. And let's be frank, how much do you care 
if uh, this random person from Fidelity or Edward Jones or from the bank has to manage the inheritance plan. Not your problem. Okay, so it's a way to avoid putting a burden or responsibility on the family. Another one, getting into capabilities here, even if we trust people, is what if you have a multi-generational plan? Let's say we have something where the plan goes on indefinitely or the inheritance plan goes through multiple generations. Let's say the, the money stays in the trust and I give out... $100,000 to each generation until it runs out. And let's say I have $5 million. Well, there's a good chance that this plan will go on for decades, if not longer. And realistically, Ben, I don't know anyone who's going to live long enough who can carry that out unless you have someone who will live to be 100 or 150. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you don't have that. And the good thing about this is I'm not worried about all of Fidelity Investments getting in a car crash um, or having a heart attack. Because even if one trust officer, if something happens to them, they'll just bring the next one in. And Ben, maybe we should reach out to Fidelity um, and see if we can get like some sponsorship money from them. I feel like I'm plugging <laughs> them and, and kind of advertising them. You definitely them are, yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe see if we can reach out to them, see if we can get some sponsorship money <laughs> or maybe a cool mug or a golf tees or something. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the long-term plans, which are okay, it's okay to do it. Just understand, I don't know that you'll be able to name someone who will still be around a hundred years ago uh, from now to finish it up. Um, also, what if the plan's very complex? Okay. And we have a very specific type of plan with a lot of intricacies and a lot of judgment calls. And perhaps there's a situation where, we have to be very careful on some, here's the situations where you give money, here's the situations you don't, here's what it's authorized for. Sometimes it can get rather complex if the clients have very specific wishes, and we don't have anyone capable of carrying it out. Use the professional. Um, and then another thing, which I think this is what comes to mind a lot, is if we're concerned about the relationship between who... And any human, any person that you would consider naming as the executor or the trustee, as the case may be, and the beneficiaries, the people getting the money. So let's say right now we're thinking about the kids. Okay, we have three adult children, and they already don't trust each other and don't like each other. Well, realistically, how's that going to look when one of the kids is in charge of giving everyone their inheritance plan? We know how that's going to look. It's going to put them in a tough spot. or Another one, Ben, and I, and I see this a lot, kids all seem to get along right now. Everything is just fine, but they don't want things to change, and money changes things, and perhaps they've been burned in the past. Maybe when their parent passed away, their siblings all got into a fight, and maybe they had some you know, damage to the family there, and they're saying, I don't want my kids to go through that. I don't want to mess anything up. So sometimes that's a good, a good way to do it. Also, what if the inheritance plan is unequal? Okay, so what if two of the three kids get their money right now, one of them we don't trust and they have to wait, or one of the kids is getting less, maybe because we've already helped them out or given them some money in the past. There's going to be some hard feelings there, and 
even though it's your decision, some people don't want to put one of their children in the crosshairs as kind of the representative in charge of carrying out your dirty work, I guess, if that makes sense. And then also the relationship's a bit unique. Uh, If there's a situation where we're not giving all the money right away and maybe it can be released as necessary, then whoever is your trustee or your executor basically becomes the default banker for the beneficiaries. And some people don't like the idea of younger sister calling older sister every time she needs money. And older sister deciding, yes, that's appropriate, or nope, little sister being an idiot, that's too much money, you don't get it. So, Ben, I'm sure you can connect the dots on how some of those situations can get tough, and that can really ruin uh, the way people have relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last one, if there's suspicions, what if the trustee is accused of hiding the money or stealing the money or they're not returning my calls or they're saying I only get 100000 I'm supposed to get more and they don't trust each other. Where does it go then? And Ben, it doesn't really matter if the trustee is doing something wrong or not because if they're suspicious of each other, I've had plenty of situations where we represented a trustee or executor who was doing everything right, but people didn't trust them. Yeah, And saying... What are you going to do? Call them up and say, don't worry, sis, I'm doing everything right? Okay. Um, Even if you are, does that really solve the problem? No. They just, one of them thinks the other one is a scumbag um, and they're stealing from them or hiding from them. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It just, it can really damage the relationship. So it's one of those things. It's good to talk to someone see all the options, go through this, close your eyes and say, okay, when you pass away, how does this play out in real life? And, you know, we don't know if this is uh, the situation's going to happen, but that's something where you need to look through it and see how this could play out in the future and what the consequences are of how you set up your plan and who you're choosing to run it and be the quarterback, if you will. Okay. It's one thing to write the playbook uh, in your notepad it's another thing to have the quarterback go out onto the field and actually execute the plan. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Definitely a lot of reasons um, to choose this and it it does make a lot of sense. And you probably did mention this, but I just want to clarify, this is not in place of working with an attorney, right? Estate planning attorney. This is kind of in, in, in conjunction with. Great question. So this does not take the place of that. That's correct. So Here's where this would come into play. If someone came into my office and we went through this and we designed the plan and the playbook, if you will, uh, to use that analogy on how we want the inheritance plan to play out when you're gone, who do you want to get the money, how do they get it, what is it for, what is it not for, when do they get it, and then a good attorney should say, okay, now that we know what the job description is and what the play is, Who's the best person to quarterback that? Who's the best person to run the play and execute it after you're gone? And we'll have a discussion, and maybe there's a child or a family member or some some other human that can do it. Or if not, they have the discussion with their attorney. Um, they would tell me, Nick, I don't I don't think this is appropriate for any of my children or family members to do this job. I don't know of anyone that I trust and that I'm comfortable burdening with this job. So what we would do, still in our office, 
is we would um, create the plan to say, you know, when we pass away, just and I'm going to plug them again because hopefully they they owe me some sponsorship dollars <laughs> or at least like a uh, like a koozie or something. Yeah, I'm making notes. Um, I'm going to send it over to them after we're done. <laughs> I'll split the uh, I'll split the royalties with you. How's that sound? Perfect. Um, But theoretically, we would do the plan, and instead of you know my father's plan saying when Tom Rosenbauer dies, Nick Rosenbauer takes over as the trustee, the attorney would draft the plan to say when Tom Rosenbauer dies, Fidelity Investments takes over as the trustee. So that's a great question. Um, You do not initiate this through Fidelity. Okay, you still need to get the plan done. You still need to get the advice. You you work with the attorney. Everything there is the same, um, but the attorney should be drafting the plan in such a way to where it says, when you're gone, fidelity steps in as opposed to saying your son or your daughter or your brother steps in. So you're exactly right. It's still the attorney executing the plan, but a good attorney is going to ask you these questions and going to tell you how this actually plays out in real life and give you advice, and then you and the attorney can work together to decide who's the quarterback. Okay, so the attorney would draft the documents to name Fidelity, if you will, as the quarterback. Um, So great question. You'd still work through the attorney's office, and the attorney would put that in place. Okay. Yeah, I I thought so. I just wanted to clarify, because I know you mentioned that that Fidelity or whoever that would be would provide legal services, but they wouldn't actually go as far as designing your estate plan for you. What closing thoughts, Nick, do you have uh, before we wrap up this conversation? Um, A couple things here. First, um, as far as fees, because that's the biggest biggest question I get about this, frankly, and I know I mentioned this before, but I want to reiterate it. If you have someone good to do the job, great. We don't need to overcomplicate this, but if you don't, and I know I don't get a cut for this, um, like I don't, you know, I don't get a commission or anything, but pay the fee to have the professional do it. It's not a huge fee. It's worth it um, if it means your family does not have problems or, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you have one of the kids handle it just to save a few thousand dollars on your million dollar estate, but the kids never talk to each other again, was it worth it? Do you feel good about that? Probably not. Um, And then on top of that, someone's going to be paying that fee or close to it um, to manage the investments in the interim anyway. So you're really not saving any money. Now, again, if you have a person to do it, great. But if you don't, don't slot someone in there who's not a good fit just to be penny wise and pound foolish. Again, every situation's different. And a good attorney is going to walk through this with you and show you how the rubber meets the road. Um, and then you know your family. You should be able to understand that. And then second off, Kind of piggybacking on that, you know, what's wrong with, I, I say pay the professional to be the bad guy, okay? Let the, the trust officer from Fidelity be the one to tell your daughter, no, um, you don't get $50,000 for a new car. Here's 5000 Let them be mad at that Fidelity trust officer. Who the heck cares? Um, as opposed to the kids being mad at each other. You know what? They can roll their eyes together at Thanksgiving dinner and say that person from Fidelity is not very nice. He's he or she's too <laughs> restrictive, yeah. as opposed to them fighting with each other and never sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner again. So we can set the plan up and motion in motion perfectly. Someone has to quarterback this, and 
let them be the bad guy. Who the heck cares? It's literally what they're paid to do, and it preserves the relationship between the kids, grandkids, who's ever left behind. Again, doesn't apply to everyone, but if this is something that perks your ears, I would give it some good consideration and just pass the responsibility on to them so you know that the kids, the grandkids don't have to be burdened with it. And another thing, Ben, if your attorney's not talking through this with you, find another attorney. That's the only other thing I would say. Find someone who will lay out all the options for you. But that's that, that's a, just a couple of thoughts that I have from my years of, of coaching my clients with this. Yeah, I think there's a lot to think about um, from this conversation. And, and I, I it's nothing I was aware of beforehand, but it makes a lot of sense. And definitely something worth considering. So uh, talk with your attorney about it. If you don't have an estate planning attorney yet, uh, make sure you reach out to Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. When you're on the website, you'll see the, the big button on the front to schedule a call with Nick. You can request a consultation for your family online right there. It's very easy to do. And there's a lot of the resources available to you, like the estate planning checkup guide and five essential documents for a complete estate plan, uh, that and more, plus all of our podcasts as well. So please hit subscribe on the podcast. Wherever as you listen, please follow if you're on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'll have a new episode coming out soon. We don't want you to miss a single one. And we appreciate all the support we've had recently. A lot of good growth on the show. And uh, thanks to everyone that's reached out to Nick from the podcast. And encourage you to keep doing that if you have any additional questions. Thanks for the time today, as always. Uh, look forward to talking to you again pretty soon. Yeah, sounds good, Ben. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.